0: Thank you for checking out our sermon here at Hope Church. We're excited that you came across this message and are tuning in. We just wanna make you aware of a couple things before we get to the sermon. First, we'd love to connect with you. You can follow us on our social networks by searching at Hope LV. Also, be sure to check out our website, HopeChurchOnline.com. There you can find out more information about who we are and where we're headed as a church. Once again, Thanks for checking out our sermon here at Hope Church. Please let us know if there's any questions you have or any way we can come alongside you and your family. Enjoy the message. For decades, the symbol that has around the world identified the city of Las Vegas is this symbol everybody knows when they see this sign right it doesn't even have to have the words welcome to fabulous Las Vegas when people see the symbol of this sign people all over the world know this is talking about Las Vegas but for those of us who live in Las Vegas there is a new symbol that represents our city Symbol, right? There we go. This, if you don't know what this is, you've been living under a rock, right? The Vegas Golden Knights, right? They did it. We are in the playoffs. <clears throat> And, and listen, I, I want you to know, when I see this symbol, man, I get excited. You got to understand. I grew up in Alabama, and in Alabama, we 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 mostly play football. We only play baseball and basketball to stay in shape to play football. I'd never I'd never seen ice hockey in my life. I'd never watched a game. I knew about it, but I'd never watched a game in my life until the Vegas Golden Knights came, and my good friends right over here, the first ones to take me. Damon and Sonia took me to the preseason game. And then I got to go to several games this season. And I just got to tell you, man, I'm all in. I am hooked on the Vegas Golden Knights. The the ice hockey, man, it's like a game like no other game. It's the fastest. If you didn't get, you need to go to a game. It's the most exciting game I've ever seen. And so now when I see this symbol and I wear this, this is my team, right? It's personal. But it's not just my team. It's I team, right? As a city, our city has come around the Vegas Golden Knights. And I don't know how long you've lived in Las Vegas. I've been here 18 years. The Vegas Golden Knights made this feel more like a community than just the city of transients, than just about anything I've ever experienced. It has been a changing moment in our city. This is a symbol that now represents us. A few weeks ago, Pastor Scott, in teaching through the the, the series that we've been in called Pages, he talked about the pictures and the symbols in the Old Testament and how they pointed to the coming of Christ. But what I want to do today is I want to talk to you about another picture or symbol that's in the Bible, but it's one given to us in the New Testament, and it's the symbol of baptism that is given to us by Jesus. So if you have your Bible, I want you to open it to Acts chapter 2. And if you're wondering, yes, I'm preaching the rest of the sermon in my Vegas Golden Knights jersey. So, if you got a problem with that, just deal with it. Acts chapter 2, verse 41. Look what it says. So then, those who had received his word were baptized. And that day there were added about, get this number, 3,000 souls. Out of that simple verse of scripture, I want to help us understand what baptism is. Because we're celebrating it all day today. We don't just celebrate it the Sunday after Easter. We do it throughout the year. But the Sunday after Easter every year, we try to teach on what baptism is. Because I think it's important... Even though we may come from different walks and different backgrounds, that we understand what the Bible has to say about what baptism is. The verse that I've just read for you is describing an event that happened uh, when the church, as you and I know it, began in the city of Jerusalem. On what was called the day of Pentecost, Simon Peter got up and he preached the gospel in Jerusalem. It was just after the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus, about 40 days or so after his death, burial, and resurrection, they preached the gospel. And on that day, 3,000 people in the city of Jerusalem responded to the gospel, embraced Christ as Lord and Savior, became followers of Jesus. And the Bible says that immediately they baptized those new believers. And this one little verse tells us three things about what baptism is. Let me explain it. Number one, baptism is the first... Step of obedience as a follower of Jesus. Say those two little underline words out loud. First step. It's the first step. Baptism is the first step of obedience when you surrender your life to Jesus. Let me show it to you. Look at the verse. So then those who had received his word were baptized, and say these two words out loud. How about that? They received Christ, that day, not next week, not next month, that day. Well, you wait, wait a minute, Pastor. Didn't, didn't they need to go home and think about it? About whether or not they wanted to be baptized? Didn't they need to go home and pray about whether or not they wanted to be baptized? Didn't they need to go to some kind of class first and understand some of the teachings before they were baptized? Well, I think the commission that Jesus gave us answers all those questions. Let me show it to you. Matthew chapter 28. Jesus gives us our mission as his church. Listen what it says. Go therefore and say this out loud. Make disciples. Why is that important? It's the main verb in this whole paragraph. All the other verbs in this paragraph, if you broke it down in sentence structure, are modifying or describing this verb. Meaning the emphasis, the main point of the Great Commission is not go. We want a lot of times to put all the emphasis on go, but that's not the emphasis. Our mission is to make disciples. Now, it includes going as we go locally and globally, but our mission is to make disciples. That's why at Hope, we say it this way. Our mission is to connect people to what? Live the life of a Jesus follower. Why? Because that's the mission Jesus gave us, to make disciples. But then he begins to tell us how we do that. Make disciples of all the nations. Here's one modifying verb. Baptizing them in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Here's the second one. Teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you. And lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. What is this describing? How we go about making disciples. It starts when they come to know Christ. The first thing we do is we baptize them. They hear the gospel. They respond in faith. They believe. We baptize them. Then we begin to teach them. Then we walk with them as brand new followers. And we teach them and guide them in all that it means to follow Christ. The very first step of obedience is to... Follow Christ publicly in baptism. Just makes sense. Jesus said it this way in John 14. He said, if you love me, you will what? Keep my commandments. Now, this is not what this verse is. This verse does not say, if you love me, you better obey me. It's not what it says. Here's what it says. If you love me, (laughs) you will keep my commandments. Meaning this, that the focus of my life as a believer a new Christian the focus of my life as a follower of Jesus is not obedience the focus of my life is intimacy with Jesus obedience is what flows out of my life out of the overflow of a love relationship with Jesus and the first step of this evidence of love for Jesus is that we follow Christ in public water baptism in the new testament baptism was not ever viewed as optional for a follower of Jesus. As a matter of fact, in most instances in the New Testament, when people believed in Jesus, they were often baptized like this, that day, or immediately right there on the spot. What we've done in the church in America, and it needed to be done, we've taught very clearly that baptism doesn't save you, okay? There's nothing about baptism that saves a person. Salvation happens through a relationship with Jesus Christ when we're born again by faith and believing in Christ. That's what salvation is. But we've so taught that salvation and baptism have nothing to do with one another that we've almost made it sound like baptism's not important at all. But baptism is very important, not because it saves us. Baptism is important because of some other things we're about to talk about. But it's, first of all, the first step of obedience once we give our lives to Jesus. So that's number one. It's the first step. Number two, baptism is a public confession. Say those two words out loud. Public confession of devotion to Jesus. Look back at the verse. John, in Acts chapter 2, he said, so then those who had received his word were baptized. Very important here. Note this. They had received his word. Here's what that means. They weren't being baptized in order to be saved. They had already received the gospel. They had already put their faith and trust in Jesus. This had received in the Greek language that the New Testament was written in is in the aorist tense. Here's why that's important. It's not describing action that's continuing. It's describing action that is completed. It's already done. Meaning this, these people had already received God's gift of salvation. They believed in Jesus. They were born again. They were not being baptized to begin a relationship with Jesus. They were being baptized to publicly declare that they already had embraced the truth about Jesus and surrendered their lives to him. Let me try to help you see it think about this jersey again I didn't put this on today hoping to become a fan of the Las Vegas Golden Knights right I didn't put this on today hoping that man if I wear this jersey maybe I can be a fan no I put this jersey on today because I'm already a fan of the Vegas. matter of fact I've been looking for weeks for a sermon illustration to get this in just so I can put it on <laughs> I'm so fired up about the Vegas Golden Knights. I put this jersey on because I'm already a fan of the Vegas. Matter of fact, I even got it on my socks. (laughs) I'm a fan of the Vegas Golden Knights. And I put this on so that you could all know I'm a fan of the Vegas Golden Knights. That's what's going to happen out here in a moment when we get baptized. These people that we're going to baptize, they already know Jesus. They've already been born again. They're just going to get baptized so all of you can know they love Jesus and they're his follower. Amen? The best illustration I've ever heard to communicate this is that of this ring on my left hand. When you see that ring on my left hand, what does it tell you about me that I'm what? I'm married. Why? Because this is what kind of ring? It's a wedding ring, right? Now, if I take it off... Does that make me single? Single person put this on, does that make them married? No. No, this is just a what? It's just a symbol. Once I put it on, now it's a public testimony about a real love relationship that exists in my life between me and my wife. I wear this ring to publicly tell everyone else that I'm in a love relationship and I am not ashamed of it. That's exactly what's going to happen in that water today. There are going to be some brand new believers for the first time. They're going to put their wedding ring on and they are going to say to the world, I am a follower of Jesus and I am not ashamed of it. Third thing baptism is. Baptism is a personal embracing Say those two words out loud. Personal embracing of the family of Jesus. Let me show you the last half of that verse again. It said, and that day there were added about 3,000 souls. Now, this is an important word. The word added. It raises a question. Added to what? Because this word means to join together with. The Bible says, on that day when they were baptized, they were added. That's what this verse is talking about. They'd received his word. They're baptized. Now they're added. Now, we know It's not talking about the spiritual family of Jesus, right? Because the very moment they embraced Christ by faith, they were born again into the family of God. Last Sunday, last Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, we had over 100 people that put their faith and trust in Jesus. Listen, the moment they put their faith in Jesus, they were born again into the family of God and became loved, accepted children of the Father. And there's not one thing they have to do to earn that. Amen? The moment we believe in Jesus, we're born again into God's family. But God's family is not just spiritual. There's a visible expression of God's family. You know what that is? It's us. It's the local church. The church is the visible expression of the spiritual family of God. When these people were baptized, here's what it is. It's their public embracing of the family of Jesus. And this is a really big deal. Because two statements are going to be made today when these people get baptized. Here's the first statement. It's one that we're making together. And here's what we're saying as a church. We're saying they are now us. We embrace them as a part of this family. Meaning this, they are not alone anymore. We are walking with them on this journey of following Jesus, of accomplishing the mission of Jesus, of growing in Jesus. When they get baptized as a church, we're going to clap. We're going to celebrate. Why? Because we're saying, hey, you are now us. But here's what they're saying when they get baptized. They're saying, now I am you. They're identifying with us as their local expression, visible expression of the family of God. And that's why when baptism, we, don't, we miss this in our culture. But in cultures around the world where Christians get persecuted for following Jesus, you know when persecution starts? Not when they pray a prayer. Persecution starts at the moment they get baptized. Because it's when baptism happens That there's a public declaration of their love for Jesus and a public identification and embracing of the family of Jesus. And that's when it gets real in those parts of the world. There are brothers and sisters that we have in Christ who when they get baptized, they are literally laying their lives on the altar. Because they know they could lose their life for making this public statement about Jesus and his family. But that's what we're celebrating and it's a really big deal. All right? So... Let me close by saying this. There are two groups of people here today who do not need to get baptized. Okay? Now, hear me real clearly. Two groups of people that do not need to get baptized. If you're not in one of these two groups of people today, you need to get baptized. You're leaning in now, right? There are two groups of people here that don't need to get baptized today. All right? Let me give them to you. Here's group number one. People who do not have a relationship with Jesus. If you're here today and you don't have a relationship with Jesus, hear me clearly. What you need is not a ceremony. What you need is a Savior baptism will not save you. But I'm telling you, Jesus Christ can and will if you'll believe on him. Listen, you can go out here today and you can get baptized. This water out here is the same water that comes out of your faucet at home. There's nothing spiritual or mystical or magical or powerful about this water. Same water that comes out of the tap at your house. You can get baptized in this water enough till you're as wrinkled as a California raisin. And it will not do one thing for you spiritually. But if you will put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. He will save you from your sin and give you life on the inside that will spill out of your life. So if you're here today and you don't know Jesus, listen, don't don't worry about baptism yet. Let's get first things first. The first step is to surrender the control of your life to Jesus and be born again into a relationship with Him. Then we can talk about baptism. Here's a second group of people. Do not need to get baptized today. People who have already been baptized according to the teaching of Jesus. Yes. Baptism is not something that happens over and over and over again in the, in the life of a believer. It's a public defining moment. That some people get all caught up every time. Man, I want to get baptized again. I want to get, listen, if you go to a wedding, every time you go to a wedding, you run down the aisle and jump up between the bride and the groom and start saying, I do. Something's weird, Right? <laughs> No, that's a a public defining moment. That's not about you. This is a public defining moment. It's not something we do over and over and over again. So if you've already been baptized according to the teachings of Jesus, then you do not need to be baptized. You say, well, then what does it mean to be baptized according to the teachings of Jesus? I'm going to sum it up for you in three simple steps. Number one, it's after salvation. The only baptism practiced in the New Testament in water is a baptism that happened for believers after being saved. You will not find in the New Testament. I'm not saying you won't find in the practice of other churches. I'm saying in the Bible, you will not find in the New Testament anybody ever being baptized that was not already a believer in Jesus Christ. So, baptism, according to the teaching of Jesus, is after you embrace the gospel. Here's the second component. After salvation, by immersion. By immersion. What does that mean? By down into the water, up out of the water. There's a great theologian named Wayne Gruden. Listen to what Gruden says in his systematic theology about baptism. The practice of baptism in the New Testament was carried out in one way. The person being baptized was immersed or put completely under the water and then brought back up again. Meaning again, when you study the scriptures, not saying it doesn't happen in other churches. What I'm saying is when you study the Bible, in the Bible, the only baptism that happened is after salvation by immersion. And there are two reasons why this immersion piece is significant. Number one, the meaning of the word. The word baptize comes from the Greek word baptizo. Instead of translating it, we just transliterated it and made a new word and left it vague and ambiguous. But the real word is the word baptizo. That word literally means to immerse, to dip, or to plunge. When used in other places outside of the Bible, this word was used to describe, for example, a ship. When it sank underneath the water, they would say that ship Has been baptized. Or when they were dyeing a piece of cloth into a new color. They would take that cloth and they would baptize it. They would immerse it in the dye. And then they would bring it up out of the dye a new color. That's the word baptism. It means to... Now, you say, what about sprinkling and pouring? Listen, other methods crept into the church, either because of geography or climate, where they didn't have access to water, or because of health conditions where people couldn't be baptized. But the New Testament model is baptism after salvation by immersion. The second reason this is important, not just the meaning of the word, but the message of the gospel that's portrayed. Let me show it to you in Romans chapter 6. Look what Paul writes. He says, therefore, we have been buried with him through baptism into death. So that as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, so we too might walk in newness of life. Baptism is a beautiful picture of the gospel. When we take someone down into the water, you know what it's a picture of? It's a picture of the reality that Christ died for their sins. That all of their sin passed present and future was atoned for in the finished work of Christ on the cross. But then and when we take them down into the water it's a symbol that his death was my death. That he died in my place. Meaning I died with him. Everything that needed to be done to atone for my sin happened when Christ died. But we don't leave them underwater. Amen. We bring them up out of the water. Why? Because also not only has his death been our death but now his life is our life. We've been raised to now walk in the newness of life that is Christ in us living through us so our sins have been buried with Christ and now we've been forgiven and raised to walk in newness with Christ that's portrayed through this immersion into the water so after salvation by immersion here's the third thing in fellowship with the local community of believers in fellowship with the local community of believers baptism was not given like the Lord's Supper to the individual Christian. It was given to the church. Meaning this, I don't have the authority to just go down here to the beach, lead somebody to Jesus and just baptize them. No, because then I'm not adding them into anything. I'm just abandoning them. When we lead somebody to Christ, we need to baptize them into a fellowship. Now, there are times, like in Acts chapter 8, where they baptize somebody in the middle of a desert because it was, there was no church where he was from. So, it was the planting of a new church. So, there are times when church planters and missionaries baptize people to begin new churches. But baptism is given to the church. It's an identification with the body of Christ. So, people who don't need to be baptized today are people who've already been baptized after they've come to know Christ. By immersion, in fellowship with a local community of believers. So, if you're here this morning and you are not in one of those two groups, today, you need to get baptized. Some of you thinking, well, I was with you right up till that point. What, what did you just say? Here's what I'm saying. If you're not in one of those two groups, today you need to be baptized. Meaning, if you are already a follower of Jesus, and you've not been baptized since you've come to know Christ, by immersion, in fellowship with a local church... Today is your day. You say, wait a minute, Pastor. I didn't come ready to get back. I didn't bring clothes. I didn't bring deodorant. I didn't bring a hair dryer. I didn't bring anything. Listen, that's okay. We went to the store. We bought all that stuff for you. We got it all. We went to Bed Bath and Beautiful Beyond or whatever it's called. We got all the stuff that you need to leave here in all the glory that you are sitting in right now. We got it all. There's nothing that would stop you today from taking this first step of obedience and following Christ in baptism. And let me tell you my own story. When I was eight years old, I prayed a prayer, I could answer all the right questions, and I was baptized as a child when I was eight years old. But it wasn't until I was a freshman in college that I was genuinely born again into a relationship with God. That I came to know Christ as my Lord and my Savior. And for the first four and a half years of my Christian journey, I struggled. I struggled with identity. I struggled with a lot of doubt about my walk. Because I kept trying to go back, well, when I was eight, when I was eight, when I was eight. But I didn't get born again until I was a freshman in college. And four and a half years into my walk with Christ, God deeply convicted me that I'd never been baptized since coming to know Christ. Now, I was already a pastor on a staff team of a church. So I had to stand up in front of our church as a pastor and say, hey, I've never been baptized since coming to know Christ as a freshman in college. And one of the other pastors and I went up, we, got in a, we had a baptistry, went up and got in a baptistry together. And one of the other pastors baptized me. And after that, about 100 people in our church did the same thing because they had the same story I had. And, they were st- and listen, I'm telling you the freedom when I nailed that down. I was trying to walk in obedience to Christ while I skipped over the first step. The first step of obeying Christ is baptism. So if you're here today and you don't know Jesus, listen, you don't need to worry about baptism. We we need to introduce you to Jesus. Jesus is who can save you. If you've already been baptized after salvation by immersion in fellowship with you you don't need to be baptized today. Everybody else, it's game time. It's time to get baptized. So here's what we're going to do. Just a moment. I'm going to pray. We're going to all stand together. We're going to sing a song of worship. If you don't know Jesus, we're going to have pastors. Pastors, you can go ahead and come. We're going to have pastors that are going to line up here across the front. If you don't know Jesus, you can come to one of these pastors and just say, I need Jesus. And they'll have somebody sit down with you and show you how you can begin a relationship with God. If you just need to pray with one of your pastors today, they're going to be here. You can pray with one of them. That's why they're going to be here. If you're here today and you've realized in this moment You're a follower of Jesus, but your next step is to be baptized. I don't want you to come this way while we're singing. I want you to go that way. We have volunteers in the lobby on both sides that have a tag on that says next steps. If you're here today and you're ready to follow Christ in baptism, you go out to the lobby and they're going to meet you there, answer questions, have a quick conversation with you, get you whatever you need. We got clothes in all shapes, sizes, so we can cover everybody, all right? You just go out there, they'll get you what you need, they'll have a moment with you, and then... I'm going to get the privilege today because of multiple services. I don't get to always be a part of the baptisms. But today, when we're singing, I'm going to go over here in the room. I'm changing clothes. I'll meet you in the water, and I get to be a part of baptizing all day today. It's so fun. Listen, but today is that day. Today is that day. You ready? If you're ready, say amen. Amen. The rest of us that don't need to be, we're going to be out there celebrating. We're going to be eating hamburgers and hot dogs and cheering you on. Now, some of you right now, you already know. You've been convicted by the Holy Spirit. I need to do this, but you're already justifying why you can put it off and wait. Listen, the Bible said that day, that day, today's the day, today's the day, today's the day. We're going to rejoice with you. When we stand, if you need Christ, this way. If you're ready to be baptized, that way. Let me pray. Jesus, I pray that you take your word today and I pray you'd speak into the hearts and lives of believers in this room God would you draw to yourself Lord those that don't know you that they could be saved God I pray for those that need to be baptized today that they would respond Lord in simple faith just believing that if they'll obey you you'll take care of the rest Lord we look forward to this celebration we thank you for what you're going to do it's in the name of Jesus we pray